Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad that you've joined us again as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Uh, I have with me Micah Powell and Chris Vines. They are two of my, my friends, and I enjoy the conversations that we have together, um, mainly because I know their hearts. And so tonight, as we talk about a subject that I'm sure you've dealt with in your student ministry, it's one that we're all going to spend some time on, and that is battling misplaced priorities mm. as we talk about parents, as we talk about students. And so, guys, it's great to have you with us tonight. Man, it's awesome to be here, man. Absolutely. As we get into this, um, I want us to to talk about this idea of dealing with these misplaced priorities and how it's parents as well as students and all of those type of things. But I want to start, as we do most weeks, with a random question of the week to so people can get to know you a little bit better. I'm curious, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, what was that one book you read that you thought a lot of or that was something that made a difference, or it was just your favorite book because it had a really cool story. Do you remember what your book was? Mm. What do you think, Chris? Do you have a book that sticks out Mm. in your mind? The first one that came to my mind was uh, This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti. I read that when I I was like 14, um, 15, something like that. And I don't know. It was just like I was intrigued by the book. Um, Frank Peretti, I, I thought was, I, I never read Frank Peretti before and, uh, I enjoyed his, his writing. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a good book. And it was, it was also just, I don't know, kind of had some darkness to it because obviously that's in the title, but, uh, anyway, it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> How about you, Micah? What was a book you either, you know, read, enjoyed, or made an impact on you when you were, uh, a kid or a teenager? The hardest thing for me as a kid was reading because I didn't sit still long enough to read. <laughs> I'm sure that's a shock to both of you. But, uh, you know, when I did read, um, besides like uh, the the Bible, you know, Lord of the Rings, the first Lord of the Rings book I read, uh, and actually the Hobbit, first book I read of the series was The Hobbit. And I, I, I it was okay. But man, the Lord of the Rings, the first one, that just, it just sucked me in. You know, the fantasy and different kinds of, you know, fantasy things like, you know, uh, hobbits and dwarves and all just, I thought that was so cool. I don't know. Nerdy. So, so how old were you when you read that? Uh, I mean, that's a oh, tough question, man. High school has been what feels like forever ago, but man, I was probably, forever. I know. I, and I can't imagine, you know, cause you're the silver Fox now. Uh, I would probably say I was probably 14, 15, 16, some somewhere in there, you know, sophomore, freshman, something like that. You know, I barely remember anything I read in high school. I know that I was in a course 
the way uh, English was set up way back in the day uh, was that you would take a literature course and then a grammar course and you had all sorts of choices. And so mm. I took American novel nice. uh, my sophomore year. And it was actually kind of cool. Um, we covered Moby Dick as well as uh, an Ernest Hemingway uh, book. Maybe it was The Sun Also Rises. I don't know. I, I didn't really enjoy those. I am a simple person when it comes right down to it. There were a few books that I loved as a kid, um, but and I really liked. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get it from this one. <laughs> I liked the Little House on the Prairie series. Nice. That, those were my favorite books growing up as a kid. I just love those things, and so I'd watch the show. I read the books. I was such a nerd, but you know, it was, it was good. <laughs> I love it. You know, being a nerd is a cool thing now. So man, we would be like top of our class now, Dan. So. I know, right? <laughs> Chris, you know, we'd, we'd be, we'd be up there. Dude, I'm not, a, I'm not a, well, I'm not a as nerd. I got into college, no. Oh no, yeah. Chris no, I'm cool sorry. Guy. I was trying to bring you into the, our friendship, but you know, you know, let, let you belong, but okay. <laughs> I love you. Well, I didn't read uh, This Present Darkness until, um, well, I was in college at the time. And so, but I started just reading any sort of Christian fiction book that I could find because it was like this whole new world had been opened up to me. And I found out, hey, I can, there are Christian writers out there. Mm. It was about spiritual warfare. Um, I know when I was in um, the whole Left Behind series had come out when I was going through seminary. And so in my extra time, I was reading all of those books. You know, finding a good book, man, it can it can be a difference maker, especially in times like these. Because, you know, um, as we record this, we're still in the midst of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we are at the, yeah, I know, Boo is right. We are head towards the end of April. Um, and so as we respond, as we talk about things tonight, just want to put that in context as you listen. Uh, but it is a good book can get you through. Um, and of course, we we know and you got to know where we're coming from. We love the word. We love to read scripture, um, but we read other things as well. And so that is just a, that's a part of of who we are and what we do. Well, before we get into tonight's topic, I do want to mention one other thing uh, to our listeners. I am a big fan of both of these guys that I'm recording this podcast with. Uh, Micah and Chris are both outstanding men of God. Um, they speak uh, to groups, and I know that with there's going to be a lot of changes this summer because things are getting canceled with your group and otherwise. And if you would like to invite either one of these guys to come and to to speak to your group or to your groups as at some point this year or the next, contact them. Um, I know that God has a special word for you uh, through them. And so I just encourage you to do that. And they don't know that I was going to do this, but I just, I just want to share that with our listeners. You guys uh, are real important to me. And um, I think that other people need to hear from you. Oh, man, you're, so, we appreciate that. We love that. you. We love you too, Dan. You're awesome. I appreciate that. You're awesome. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Well, let's go ahead and hop into our topic. Um, you know, it is, this is a tough topic for us to look at. Uh, battling misplaced priorities. And what are we talking about specifically? Well, let me let me share kind of a story. And um the church that I'm at, we are like most churches. We're normative size, meaning we're under that 200 mark. We have 
students and families and uh, those of an older generation. Um, you know, it's a mix of, of people. They love Jesus. They want to know Jesus a little bit better. Um, some are very cultural in their mindset. Uh, but I have I had uh, a family who came to us and said, we're leaving um, because we feel like you're making us feel guilty about the fact that we play ball tournaments. Mm-hmm. And that just tore me up. That's tough. Um, I, yeah, I love this family. I loved the student. And it was just hard to to wrap my mind around that concept of, hey, we're not going to be able to minister to them anymore because they feel like we're making them feel bad or they are feeling bad because of the things that we have said. My pastor has taken a very uh, public stance with our people saying Sunday gathering of worship should be a priority. You find biblical mandate for that. Now, there's all sorts of other things that we do in ministry. Um, this Bible study, that Bible study, our, our even our youth group time, all of those things are good, positive things. But the gathering of believers in the church, that is a priority and should be. And so for you to come in and say, hey, we're going to be gone for the next two months because we have tournaments and it's our season. Um, or, hey, we're going to be out every other week or it's just and it's hard. And so that's where that's what I want to talk about tonight is this whole concept of what do you do when you're coming up against those attitudes, when you're bumping heads with that. Um, and so, guys, have you run into that sort of situation in your church, something similar or maybe in another church? Um, what does that look like? Chris, What have you run into that in Hope? Oh, man, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's one of those topics that if you're in student ministry, most people assume, most student pastors assume that this is a just a, a common area that we all deal with um, because, you know, there's there's going to be mm, kids that, yeah. that play sports um, and some of them certainly um, will will be doing the, the travel ball thing, whether that be baseball or, or basketball or, um, you know, several different things. So um, I, I know that that's that's definitely something that we've we've dealt with. I you know, I'll be I'll say right now, uh, I don't have just a ton of I don't have a ton of students who who are playing travel ball, um, but there are several that I'm associated with, like in the school that we have as a part of our church um, or as a ministry of our church, and uh, and so it's it's something that certainly is uh, very near to uh, just my weekly my weekly ministry efforts. So it's, it's not, and it's not, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, there, there's, I certainly have thoughts about it and it's, as we're going to share, but it's, um, man, it, it's difficult to, uh, just to think through sometimes how to, how to communicate best with those, those parents and even those students. Micah, I know that you're currently not, um, uh, being the student pastor at a church, but have you dealt with this as well? Man, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely everywhere we've gone, and and not just sports, you know. And you said something earlier, you know, like something that we butt heads with. I almost would would change that and say that I'm not sure as much as the parents are butting heads with with me as much as the church. And I actually don't think that they're butting heads. I think they're butting hearts. 
because yeah. the the parents there's some there's some level of um fight uh and I don't want to say fight that's not that may be the wrong word but competition between like the parents decision on encouraging their student their 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 son or daughter to play a sport versus the church's overall desire to see spiritual growth through to their family you know and so my my job you know with with anybody we've been with was to support the church's heart to grow those kids and those families and yeah i wasn't over those families you know but that that's been a constant battle and uh I, you know and there's been so many articles and i know you both have read that article about ball versus bail i think it was a guy at midwest yeah. that produced that and uh jim Aliff maybe but uh and i it, it was a great article, very beneficial. And I try to tell people that they're not as so much battling, um, like spending personal time with their kids as much as they are. Maybe this has been provided to separate, uh, something that that's, that's, that Satan is trying to pull <laughs> to, to get you to, to run from in the church, you know, um, the church is the priority and, and to teach that is, is one of the, there's so many things that guys that we need to teach and, and, to teach that our desires for overall spiritual growth for the kid and for the family, uh, you know, I'm not so sure that um, every church or even people understand that that's why I exist. That's why God exists and why the church exists is mm, for yeah. us to grow, um, help, help God grow his kids and his, you know, his ministry to, to reach the lost. And, and uh, I'm not sure that people are aware of all getting in the way of that. Yeah. Well, you know, as as we look at these concepts, you know, we immediately throw ball, uh, whether it's travel soccer, travel basketball, travel football. Well, that's not as much a thing, but travel baseball and the list goes on. And it's not just ball. We know that. Uh, I think about the the ways that my own children, um, they were heavily involved in band, choir. Um, there are those that are involved in drama, the theater world, uh, those that are involved in, in just there's robot battles now. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy things that that students can get involved in. And it's it's very cool. Um, and there's there is scholarship money out there for them. That That's one of the things that a lot of people say. But we've got to remember this is about priorities. Um and that's that's what we we want to look at much more than we want to say ball is bad uh, because we could easily say band is bad or choir is bad but right. it's none of those things are bad so Micah you had something to add yeah and I I wanted I, I do feel that that was the article that I mentioned and so I think subconsciously I I leaned that way but uh, you know you know I, I, in high school I, I was in choir I was in band you know it was a three eight small school so. I did all this, not all the sports, but, you know, basketball track, um, you know, I did FBLA and FCA, but one thing my dad did an incredible job on was supporting me and what I wanted to do. And because I have a lot of energy, that was a lot of things. Shocker. Right. But I love band. I love choir. I love those, those competitions we were able to go to as a team, but, but my dad did an amazing job and I'm grateful for my spiritual my, my dad being a spiritual leader of my family and teaching me and being a pastor. He's a pastor to me. I always told people as his kid, his teenager that he like, they're like, you know, you know, you know, I know it's hard being a preacher's kid. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like my dad is my pastor. 
like he i don't just get like everybody else gets him you know typically once or twice a week i get him every day and i was appreciative of him because he taught me that church comes you know so when coach went into basketball you know that sunday after thanksgiving my dad's like you, you know son i'm sorry you can't go and i was like you know i understand dad like he knows i'm not coming <laughs> you know and i just wanted to be to give some brevity that you know i I'm not just all ball. I think a lot of things get in our way. Video right. games get in our way of church. Yeah. Everything gets in mm. the way of our church because that's what Satan is trying to divide is, is to show that, that the church isn't the institute that God founded or something. Like that's really being attacked right now. Well, understanding that, and I think we, we all do, that it's more than just ball, uh, but it can it can be these other things. What are some of the reasons that we hear from parents um, you know, like when you say, Hey, we're having a D now weekend or we're having a lock in or we're, we're doing this. And they said, well, they can't come. They've got, they've got football camp or they've got, um, a baseball tournament or they've got a softball event. Uh, what are some of the, the reasons and excuses? I'm going to say excuses, but what are some of the reasons they give that they're choosing that over that spiritual thing? Guys, of, do you have an idea about that? Yeah, some of, some of the reasons that I hear, um, and you guys have kind of touched on in a, in a certain way, but, you know, is, well, we're spending time as a family, um, you know, and isn't it important that we spend time right. as, a, as a family? And, and, of course, you know, at our church, uh, and I think at, at most churches, um, we, we certainly want to, um, you know, champion uh, – just the family. We, we want to equip parents to be able to, um, to be able to connect well with their kids, uh, to be able to lead them, uh, into Christian maturity. Uh, and so we, we certainly talk a lot about the family at our church. Uh, but you know, sometimes I think people can hear what they want to hear. And, um, and so they, right, they, they right. apply, you know, what we say about the family and spending time together, um, at the exclusion of uh, gathering together as the body of believers. Um, and so, so yeah, I hear that excuse. Um, I've also noticed that uh, when it comes to events or not just even events, but sometimes just, you know, normal, normal youth group when we're meeting on Wednesdays uh, or, or Sundays, there's just a lack of, of commitment uh, until until the last minute, and I, I don't know exactly why that is, but um, I've just I've found that even it's not just with teenagers, it's also with parents. Is they're going to wait until the very last minute to make a decision to say yes to whatever it is, whether it be a trip or event, um, and, uh, and and a lot of times what I've noticed is that they're waiting to see if something better comes along, if they get a better option on the table, and. Uh, of course, yeah. that's that's frustrating uh, in itself, and so, but those those are just some of the the reasons that I've that I've seen. Um, I'll probably think of some more here in just a minute. What about you, Micah? <laughs> well, man, I you know we don't want to like depict that we're against you know not not that you, either of you have, but I just don't want to hear us to to feel like you know we don't want you guys to feel like that we're against these things. These can be incredible things. And, but I think as parents, we need to gauge our kids and make sure that they are getting the best spiritual health, the best spiritual, um, um, growing process, uh, maturing process at a church. And I think that is so important to, to have the right priority. 
to put the right priorities in in the family. And I, I'm not sure that, and maybe, and, and not that, because I struggle with this too. You know, the discipline of prayer. Sometimes we we're, we're so rushing, we forget forget to just kind of sit still for a second and go, man, should my kid do t-ball? Should should my kid? Do we have the time? You know, without taking from our commitment to Jesus through our local church. You know, like, gosh. I, I feel like when, when parents came to me, I would, I was never oppositional. I was always, I wanted to be like an encouragement to them that I, at the time I didn't have children, but that their kids were in a resemblance in a way, like my kids, I loved them as my own. And I wanted the parents to so understand that I cared for not just their kids' spiritual growth, but also theirs. And that Mm. at first if they said, Hey, we're gone, you know, we're gonna be gone this Sunday, you know, we're sorry. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to lecture. That's not a time to lecture or to give them something, you know, but I always want to make sure that I, I gave an observation. Like if it kept happening, like, Hey, I just want you to know, I, you know, church is so important. And I try to give them like an example of my own life and something when I was a kid that my dad, you know, I had to choose between state choir or, or being in a pageant or like a, you know, a, a, a Christmas play. And now it was like, there was so many other people that could have done it. But my dad said, you know, you gave a commitment to God when you decided to do this and you need to stick with it. And I think that you need to stay, keep your commitment to the Lord. And I was like, he, he almost didn't even have to convince me. Like he, he sold my dad, and my father taught me the importance of the church. And, and so now I'm able to have an under an understanding that the church is so guys for the family. And I want to impart that to these people. Like, not that they're not doing that already, but but just the the priority of the church is not last. Like God is first in everything, but man, the church has to be a huge priority in our marriages, in our families, in our with our kids when we parent. The Bible as center, God as center, and all of that. You know, pr- praying through before we do anything, make any decision about uh, some, something that comes before church. I think it's, it's, it can be dangerous. Can be sometimes. Yeah, that's good, man. Chris, you got something? Yeah, well, I was thinking about, you know, Mike was talking about commitment, you know, and just that's something else I've heard parents say um, is, you know, my, my kid has committed to play this sport or my kid has committed to be a part of, you know, whatever the extracurricular is. It's not just sports, like we've said, but um, and and they've I've heard them say that, you know, that I'm not going to let them back out of that commitment, but in an effort to not back yeah. out of that commitment, they're willing to, they're willing to, you know, disregard the, you know, coming to the church and, um, you know, and, or, and sorry, that, that's a bad phrase. And I just said it, but not, not just coming to the church, but being a part of being a part of the church. You know what I'm saying there? Right. Um, well said. Yep. But, but, but here's, here's something that I've, I've just noticed is it, in my mind, it really comes down to, a misunderstanding of not just the church, but of, of God, because mm-hmm. I, I really believe that most, most, most parents and, 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 you know, with that, a lot of teenagers are thinking, you know, God wants me to be happy. And this, whatever this is, whether it be baseball or football or drama or band or whatever, this makes me happy. And so of course God is okay with me doing this. And that's a, that's a really dangerous um, position to take because we, we know that, that God certainly cares about our, our joy, but oftentimes the way sports or any kind of extracurricular activities are used is 
we, we basically are using them as the end, and we think that Christ is the means to our end. And, and so just an example I would give in support of that is this is why you see, you know, football teams of, of public high schools or wherever um, getting, you know, Philippians 413 T-shirts uh, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that none of that's genuine, but a lot of times we, we, we use Scripture and we use Christ, we use prayer, we use this, this idea of godliness as, as just a means to our own selfish ends, which is to win a game or to win a championship or to keep doing whatever it is that we that that makes us happy, and and so I, I think all that's rooted in um, really some selfishness and pride on our part and a misunderstanding of God. If we're not careful, one of the things that <clears throat> those sports teams can do, or any organization can do, by attaching uh, scripture as you as you mentioned, is just like that's their their superstition of the week is just like, we're adding that on and that's going to help us accomplish whatever we're trying to do. And that's, that's not at all what we want to do. Well, listen guys, I know that this is, this is a topic that we all deal with. We've heard the other things that I've heard along the way is included. um, Well, we're working towards a scholarship and this is how he's going to go to college or, and they're just so few that actually can go all the way through Mm -hmm. And that'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, there it's again. We we've talked a lot about the ball, and uh, you know, and in my kids' case, their involvement in band was incredibly valuable. Yeah, um, they both have been involved in um, college m- music programs. Uh, my daughter is a part of the Central Singers, and that's because she was involved in choir. The difference is that she w- she could still make Sunday a priority. She yeah. can make the church a priority. And so it comes down to this misplaced priorities that we're talking about. Micah, you had something? Yeah, I think, and, and I think, what if it's, more, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with ball and, and, and anything on a collegiate level or any of that, but but just, and I want to give an example of my own, of my personal life. And, and it's not, and I, and I don't want to be like, it's just all I understand. You know, it's what I've perceived with my life and what I've tried to to live but you know i i I, my father did not let me go to these tournaments and yeah hey sometimes i I didn't get the starting position as point guard um there there were no schools looking at me and and some people that they they were giving their all of their time and commitment uh that church was a part of their life but it wasn't like their life and like and in my life my my father did he had a lot of struggles and so did i but i didn't get a scholarship and my father showed me the importance of the church and showed the importance of God and, and putting church first. And so I didn't get scholarships to go to these schools, but I did go to one of a very expensive school and graduated in six and a half years with no debt. And, and it was a private school. And I got the best education that I could have gotten that because I wanted my life to be about the church, about God and about the church. I wanted to serve the church. I wanted to serve him. And and yeah, I'm not playing sports in college, but here's the real thing. The, the real principle I think is putting God, our joy, our hope in God more than anything else. And because in sports, it can easily, we could easily fall down this slope and, and have a hard and a muddy slope and have a hard time getting back up. If God isn't the priority, because when he's the priority, then our feet are on the foundation of his word. It's on the foundation of who he is. It's on the solid rock, but when we 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 get tempted towards the edge of that 
uh, of that foundation is where it gets slippery, where we start going, well, man, I could do this. And then we start thinking of the plans that we can have if we could just give up a little bit of God, if we could just give up a little bit of of church, if we could just give up a little bit of our prayer time. And and then at one point you wake up and you're just – you're muddy and you're you're slipping and you're struggling and you realize that your kids are exemplifying some very st- deep struggles spiritually uh, with with God and and maybe some cultural issues within them. But I'll tell you, I didn't get the scholarship to 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 play basketball. But man, I was able to graduate college, um, not at the lower end of my class, you know, um, but also not at the top, <laughs> but with no debt. And and no real full right, ride right. scholarship. Like I had to work my butt off, but I was grateful that I wanted to make sure that God was first. And again, guys, I have made many mistakes. Don't, I'm not glorifying myself. I'm glorifying God that He gave me a, a, a loving Father that now I want to impart to my Son. That nothing will take root in our life to to pull us away from the commitment to His His church and the growth that we can have as a family. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the D6 Ministries. Uh, but as I took on this role of family pastor at Calvary, um, I started thinking a lot about the family as a whole and how that impacts our students, what that means for them. Um, as I looked back over my ministry and I saw that the the students that were really thriving, for the most part, were those that had a mom and dad that loved Jesus, not just attended church all the time, but loved Jesus and they were pouring that into their own kids. Well, the beginning of D6 podcast, they may have changed since since I listened to it last, but it just talks about that God did not put you on this planet to help your child become a great athlete, a great student, a great uh, help to, for them to find the right job or to even find the right person to marry. God put you on this earth to help them become a follower of Jesus. And right. it is... You know, it is just powerful stuff when we think about that. Uh, I mean, they they go off of this premise of, of Deuteronomy 6. That it starts with the Shema and says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them. And this is where it gets to, to what we need to be doing as parents and as a student pastor, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk That's by good. the way and when you lie down and when you rise and you shall bind them as a sign in your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Man, that's what we're called to do is parents. And then that's some of the things that we need to impart to our the parents of our ministries and so and that's where it's tough and so we know we hear it there is a problem there is a difficulty we run into it in student ministry um you don't talk too long as as you guys mentioned don't talk too long until you run into this with other youth pastors they're just struggling with this um, and most of the time, ball gets a bad rap because that's it. Travel ball is where families are gone for these tournaments on the weekends, and they don't get back until Sunday evening. So my question for you guys as we start to look at this last little bit here is what are some things that you have done and how have you approached that that issue? Um, how have you worked with your the parents and the families in your church to to work through this? Um, have you found not necessarily even solutions, but steps to go in that right direction? And so 
again, we're all in this journey together. As you're listening today, I want you to know we are in this together. We're still working. I'm 47 years old. I am working with students and I'm finding out new things all the time as I am surprised by the way people react uh, because it's just something you haven't covered before. And all of a sudden, boom, it hits you in the face. So, Chris, how, how have you worked with this issue as, as you've worked through your student ministry? Uh, very imperfectly. Uh, so, like you said, Dan, I'm, I'm learning. Like we all have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Learning, learning <laughs> as we go. I mean, listen, I, I was a teenager once, and sports was, I mean, man, very, very important to me. Uh, basketball was, was something I, I did. Um, all the time to the point of where it wasn't just something I did. It was something that I, that I believed I was, um, you know, it's where I found my identity right. and, uh, and the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord woke me up from that and I'm very thankful for that. And, and I'm very hopeful that he would, um, he, he is and, and will do that for, for teenagers right now. Um, but honestly, you know, this is just, if we want to be honest about it, this is just one, one issue, if we want to call it that, that we could point out, um, among, among our churches, right. We, we could, we could have yeah. several other conversations about several other things that we see, uh, church members or not just church members, but Christians in general doing. Um, and, <clears throat> And I, I'm very tempted, uh, and oftentimes this is where I, I, I do, I, I can just chase the wrong things, is I'm very tempted to address these particular issues without ever attempting to address the root cause. Uh, so I, I certainly believe, I certainly believe that <laughs> it is, um, I have no problem calling, uh, neglecting the church to go play a baseball game on a Sunday I have no problem calling that a sin. Um, I, I believe it's very clear in Scripture that we should not neglect the gathering together of ourselves, um, and so I, I believe that's that's something that we we should point out. But there's a deeper issue um, at play, and uh, I remember saying something to to a group of parents and teenagers one time, and it just it comes to my mind right now, and I and I asked them. Uh, a question. I said, do you see Christ as useful for sports or sports useful for Christ? Um, because if we, if we see mm, that Christ is simply good. useful, if we see Christ is simply useful for our athletic, you know, accolades, then we're actually worshiping and serving ourself. And so again, I'm going to go back to what I said a minute ago, just because this is what's on my mind, but it comes back to, seeing and and truly knowing that that Christ is everything um, and hmm. and that that he is our joy that he's not a means to a greater joy but that he is our joy and I think a lot of times so many times teenagers they um, especially in in the south you know we're, we're t- I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically to what I know here and I know it's not true for everybody who may be listening to this but in in South Arkansas there's a lot of just cultural Christianity going on where people know the right answers they know how to behave um, they in a certain sense feel like they have their ticket punched to heaven and and they're good to go and so now it's about finding their best life now so to speak um, and they're gonna they're gonna do that 
through so whatever means makes them happy. But Christ is to be our our joy. He is to be our everything, and um, and we need to wake up to that. And I believe the way that we um, we we start that process is by calling out root sins in in our own lives, and then helping others um, to see those in their own in their own lives. So things like things like pride and selfishness, um, and so. To answer your question, Dan, um, the, and to be succinct about it, I, I, the way that I want to address this this issue, along with several others, is by um, not just pulling weeds, but really, really digging to the root of the problem and helping people see Christ uh, as their their true source of joy. Micah, what what have you done in the past? You know, in, 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 in the past, I didn't do anything, honestly, because I didn't know how to do anything. So for the early, you know, maybe maybe three or four years, I, I didn't know it was an issue because I thought in, in, you know, a young man's perception becomes his reality. And then when he gets into ministry, you start learning other people's realities. And I was culture shocked almost that people would go to a ball game rather than go to church. So I had to learn, like the culture and rather some of the Christian culture in America, some of their view on, um, on sports and, and Christianity and that there was like a dichotomy split a struggle kind of like with high, when we were in high school, there's that struggle of being accepted in this group of friends that you identified with. And then also being a Christian at home. Like there was like this dichotomy that we're wrestling with. And then a lot of adults, when they got older, I saw it cause I saw it within me too, that, you know, that that thing still existed, that dichotomy between the Christian walk that we know we're supposed to be diligent and we see that church is important because we know the Sunday school answers, but don't really maybe personally believe it, you know, but but also that, you know, they, they enjoy doing something. So I think also one thing I learned when I was younger, because I haven't attained anything, but one thing I learned was I, I wanted to champion people that they would come up and typically junior high is when those conversations would happen with me with with students and they and their parents they'd say well you know little johnny we're, we're, we're doing basketball and i'm like oh that's great and i would champion them and then the later years i would champion them and then try to remind them like hey i think this is awesome that he's playing basketball but man help him you know i'm on a champion little johnny to play basketball because of the in it i wanted to like bring the church and what the gospel and what god wants us to do in in a hobby or and something that we're involved in that it's, it's about christ and making basketball about the people that could be lost that need to the encouragement or edification or to be able to hear the gospel and the good news and so i wanted to be and so i want to champion also parents that are fighting that that battlefront like if you're listening or you're a student pastor and, and you have these families like just commend them give them encouragement and joy and and that you're excited like and I don't want to say give them accolades, but just encouragement. Okay. Give those parents encouragement that, that this is a good worthy battle, but that they would keep it, uh, champion the right thing, you know, like make sure you're championing, uh, that their son or them, that they're encouraging their, their son, uh, as a part of that church that you're in, um, to, to, to use this hobby or this, this, uh, group or this competition, uh, sports choir, use that for, for, for the Lord and, and grow in your, your, your love of others and your love of him and, and use that to, as a mission field. And, and, and that, I think that helps shift the way that we think about sports as instead of it being like, Hey, let's, let's see if we can get this kid to pay for his own college. So we don't have to, I, th- I think it should be like more selfless. Like, Hey, we don't know the future. 
because we're not sovereign and, and we're not in control. God is, but Hey, you know, son, daughter, uh, um, this is a mission field. You know, your heart is in this because, you know, if they're athletic or if they like choir, they have a tendency, a good tendency, a good uh, talent, then they should use that. But, but only to serve the Lord Jesus more than anything and to, to bring him in, into their talent and to use that talent for God. And, you know, uh, regardless of Tim Tebow and some people, some, some stuff, maybe theologically, regardless, he's a good Christian man. And he's tried to always give glory to God uh, when, when he was at Florida. And, and then when he was with the Broncos and, and then even now, you know, he, he's, tr- he's doing what I believe is his best to, to give glory to God in, in, in his sport. And you see that family. And I think, again, there it is like family, you know, the importance of teaching that from a, a unified a uh, spiritual body, a spiritual family to, you know, that church is important and, and reminding your child of that is, is huge. Well, let me go ahead and try to, to wrap us up tonight with this kind of a recap. Cause I, uh, we've talked about a lot of things and this is a big issue and it's hard to, to nail down some specifics. You know, I, if somebody came to me and said, give me three steps to where I can handle this with my ministry, I'd go, uh, you know, Good luck, <laughs> because it's just that not that simple. Uh, but the simple truth is that we've we've talked about a handful of things that will help. I think that learning the culture of the church and the community is real important. Mike had mentioned that as talked about. Um, he came from a different mindset and from, so you need to understand where your people are coming from, so that you can properly minister to them, so you can speak to them in a way that they'll understand. Um, so learn the culture of the church. I think that speaking the truth in love is something that both Micah um, and Chris talked about, this idea of I'm going to confront them with where they're making a mistake here, uh, the sinfulness of that that choice and that decision. And that's hard because we've got to talk to students and then we have to talk to parents. But I think that even the bigger issue is is really going to the basics of the word. So that last area is just speaking the truth of scripture so that they know Jesus better, that they know God better, that their relationship deepens. And when that relationship deepens, whether it's the parents or the students, they're going to make choices that are going to point them to setting aside some things. And it may be ball, it may be band, it may be choir, uh, you know, and as, as a band dad, that's that made me ill thinking about my kids quitting band. Um, but you know what? I, and, and I know ball parents are the same way about their kids it, because we start finding our identity in that. But if we love Jesus most, if we love the Lord, our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, that's, that's where it's at. And so, man, if you are a youth pastor, if you are a student ministry worker struggling with this in your ministry, don't give up. Don't uh, just don't quit because God is going to bless your faithfulness in this. So just keep loving your students, loving the families and speaking the truth of God's word. And we're going to keep going and we're going to keep doing this because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.